the message series that we're beginning is called Uphill Habits. Everybody say Uphill Habits. Uphill Habits. That's what it is. This is the perfect time of year to do a series like this because we've all been setting goals the last few weeks, right? Coming to the new year, some of us want to lose weight, some of us want to gain weight, want to bulk up a little bit. Somebody wants to quit smoking, somebody wants to quit drinking. Somebody, everybody's got some sort of habit or life change that you want to see happen this year. And, and I think... I want you to listen to me closely here. I think this year will be determined by two things. It'll be determined by the habits you create and the people you hang out with. It'll be determined by the habits you create and the people that you surround yourself with. Aristotle said it this way. He said, we are the sum total of what we repeatedly do. Uh, think about that for a second. The things that we just keep on doing, that, that creates us, that shapes us, that forms us. Another way to say it, if you want to write this down, is we form habits and then the habits form us. We start doing things and then before you know it, we, we do it out of, out of a habit. It's just, I don't know why I do it, I just do it. And so I want us to start this brand new decade with a brand, some brand new habits, I want us to start, I, I want us to look back on the last decade and the last year and say, that wasn't, that wasn't me. That was just a blip on the radar, <laughs> right? That, th this is really who I am. I, I want to start the brand new decade with some brand new habits. And so write this in your notes, write this. Most people have uphill habits, uh, uphill hopes, but downhill habits. Think about that for a second. We've got uphill hopes. I really want to see this happen this year. I want to I want to lose the weight. I want to go to the gym. I want to do all these things, but our habits are downhill. Our habits are taking us away from our hopes. And the problem is is that hope is not a strategy. Hope will get you started, but it won't maintain you. Hope hope is something that can get you going, but it won't keep you going. You need more than hope if you want to see the life change that God wants for you. So I like to say it this way. I said it on Christmas Eve. I'll say it again. Give us a year. Give us a year and see what God can do in your life. I heard this morning from somebody who said, uh, you, you said that on opening day last year. I was here on opening day, January 27th. You said it then, and you said it again on Christmas Eve, and he said, I did it. I gave God a year, and my life is completely different, changed. Come on, somebody. Let's thank God for that. Give, give, give us a year. Give God a year and see what he'll do in your life. And here's the deal. You need to know it's not going to be easy. Because if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. Right? If it was easy, everybody would be, everybody would be doing it. But the, the reason most of us have the habits we have is because it's the easiest way to live our lives. Am I preaching? <laughs> I, hadn't even got, I haven't even got there yet. I'm just... But it's true. We, the, we have the habits we have because it's the easiest way. And let me, tell, let me, let me just remind you today, the, the, the life God has for us, I get it. It's challenging. It's challenging. But it's also doable. Because he wouldn't call you to do something you couldn't do. It's doable. He's, it may be challenging. It's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some focus, some determination. It's going to take uh, some hard work. And you've got to remember this along the way, that everything worthwhile is uphill. Come on, y'all say that with me. Everything worthwhile is uphill. One more time. Everything worthwhile is uphill. 
It is. It's, it's uphill. So over the next four weeks, I want to cover four biblical principles, four habits that I think will change our lives if we apply them. So we got to get rid of the excuses. So everybody say, no more excuses. So one more time, no more excuses. We're done with them, right? Done with excuses. It kind of reminds me of a, the time that Boudreaux got pulled over by the highway patrol. It was late one night, and uh, the highway patrolman pulled him over. He said, Boudreaux, you swerving back there, man. I got, I got to pull you over. I'm going to have to do a breathalyzer on you. He said, you, you can't did that. He said, why can't I do that? He said, because I, I got asthma. I, I, could, I could die right here on the highway. Well, I'm going to have to take you to the station then, and we're going to we're gonna have to do a blood test. You can't did that. Why not? Because I'm a hemophiliac, and I might bleed out in the, in the station. He said, well, we're going to have to do a urine test on you then. He said, you can't did that. Why not? Because I'm a diabetic. It won't give you a good reading. He said, well, we're going to have to, you're going to have to walk this straight line. He said, I can't did that. Well, why not? Because I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Boudreaux had some excuses along the way. So we're just going to can the excuses, right? We're going to can the excuses. No more excuses. With God's help, y'all, we're going to establish some uphill habits this year, this decade, and it's going to look different than the last one. It's going to look different than last year. So let me start by giving you three things that we need if we're going to see the change we want to see. The first one is this. We need hope for the future. Like, remember, hope will get us started. It won't keep us going. It'll get us started. We need hope because some of you have lost hope. Some of you think your marriage is too far gone. Some of you think your finances are past the point of return. Some of you think your emotions are too tattered. You're too worn. You're too damaged. You think, I'm a lost cause. I can't do this. I might as well give up. But let me give you some hope today from Jeremiah 29, 11, my favorite passage. It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what God wants for you. That's the plans that he has for you. That's what he has in store for you. And this was written when Israel was in bondage. They were living in captivity. Some of you guys, some of y'all are in bondage to some bad habits. You you built those bad habits over decades, and it's not going to break just like that. It might take a little bit of work. It might take some intentionality, some decision making. Listen to me. God has a hope for you. You may feel like you're in bondage to those bad habits, but he has a hope and he has a future for you and he wants to change our lives. Amen? I need you to believe that. I need you to believe there's hope. The second thing I need you to know is this. We've got to have repentance from the past. Repentance is just, it's kind of a churchy word. You find it in the Bible, but really just means a course correction. You, you need to change your mind and change the direction that you've been going. You can't just sit back and let God do all the work for you. you. You can't. You have to have some skin in the game. The Bible says we have to repent. Change your mind, change your direction. Now, if, if you've been associated, if you've ever been through a recovery program or you know somebody who has, you might be familiar with what's called the autobiography in five chapters. How many has ever heard of that before? Anybody ever heard of that? And basically what it is, is this. It says, um, it says I was walking down the street one day and I, I, I fell into a sidewalk. I fell into a hole in the sidewalk. It took me a long time to get out. Chapter two. 
I went for a walk down the same street, fell in the same hole in the sidewalk. Took me a long time to get out. Chapter three, I went for a walk down the same street and, and I got a little too close to the hole in the sidewalk and I fell in and it took me a long time to get out. Chapter four, I went down a walk. I went for a walk down the same street and, and I saw the hole and this time I just went around it. Chapter five, I went down another street. Come on, somebody, just go down a different street. And and that's where some of us are today. You keep finding yourself in the same bad habits, in the same addictions, in the same thing, enslaved to the same things. And, And maybe it's time for you to find another street. Maybe it's time for you to find another group of friends. Maybe it's time for you to walk a different direction. And I love what Paul says in Philippians. He says, guys, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not a know-it-all. He says, I, haven't, I, I, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do is I'm going to quit going that way, and I'm going to start going this way. I'm going to forget the past, and I'm going to strain toward what is ahead. I'm going to take a different road, and I'm pressing on toward the prize, toward the goal that God has for me. Some of us need to do that today, just need to change directions, change the way we've been going. And then the third thing that we need to know, and really this is what the series is all about, is we need to form some uphill habits. It's called uphill for a reason. They're not easy. It's going to take some work, but we've got to form these habits. And I love what Paul said in Romans chapter 12. He said, fix your attention on God. Hey, get your eyes off all the stuff, what you think is problems and perceptions, all that. Get your eyes off of that. Put them on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. And check this out. Unlike the culture around you, check this out. It says, unlike the culture around you, it's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. That's not what God wants. God brings out the best in you. God brings out the best in you and he develops well-formed maturity in you. Here's my prayer for you, church, that a year from now, you'll be sitting in, We won't be in this room, hopefully, but you'll come back to church a year from now, and you'll be sitting out there, and and you'll say to yourself, I took the one-year challenge. I took the one-year challenge, and and he's completely right. God developed some well-formed maturity inside of me. God brought out the best in me. That's my prayer for you, is that a year from now, you look back and you go, I don't even know who that person was. Amen? So how do we get there? How do we do that? And, and, and here it is. The first habit is really we just have to focus on what I do first. Focus on what I do first. Fo- focus on first things. Let me say it that way. First things. Let's focus on first things. This is a principle that is all throughout the Bible. It's the principle of priority or the principle of first. And I want to give you today just three ways that you can that you can do this. Focus on what you do first. The first one is this. Just put God first. I'm going to boil it down just simple for you today. Just put God first. There's an old adage that says he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And I want to make a bold statement for you today. And that is that if God is in your life, but he's not the Lord of your life, then he's not in your life. 
if God is on your list, but he's not at the top of your list, he's not on your list. Can, can, can we agree with that? But he won't take, why? He won't take any other place than first place. Why? Why, why, won't, why won't he take any other place? It's because he first gave his first. He first gave his first. What does that mean? But before anything else happened, he gave his son for us. He gave his one, his first, one and only son for us. To, to take away the sins of the world to, to, as a sacrifice for us. He gave that for us. And in return, he just says, I just want to be first in your life. I gave you my son first and, and I just want to be first in return. And, and so that's why the, the Ten Commandments, the first of the Ten Commandments is about him. In Exodus, it says, God spoke these words. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. I went first. I rescued you first. I brought you out of slavery, out of bondage. I did that first. And all I want in return is that you would have no other gods before me. Don't, don't put anything else before me. And that, that phrase, no other gods, just means loves or passions. Now, I don't want you to walk away today saying God doesn't want me to have loves and passions. He does. He's okay with you having loves and passions as long as they don't come before him. He's okay with that. The, have those loves. Have those passions. Uh, he doesn't mind it at all. So what would it look like if, if this year in 2020 you, you put him first? What would it look like if you put him above everything else? Well, how do I do that? How, ben, tell me. Tell me, Pastor, Pastor Ben. How do I do that? Here's how. You, you give the first of everything to God. You give God the first of everything. And I'm not about to take up an offering, so don't worry, right? But, because uh, here's the thing. I, th I think... I <laughs> I think there's so much more to putting God first than just tithing. If you don't know what tithing is, that's we, we give God the first 10% of our income. There's, there's more to putting God first than that. What if, what would it look like if we gave God the first of everything? Not just the money, but the first of our time, the first of our talents, the first of our energy, the first of our day, the first of our thoughts, in fact, in Leviticus, it says it this way, that a tithe of everything from the land, all of the grain, the soil, the fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. What if, what if we really did that? And we said that everything, all that I am, all that I do, I'm going to give the first part of all of that to God. I'm going to put him first by doing that. In Deuteronomy 14, it says the purpose of tithing is, is to teach you to always put God in first place. And, and I want to say something that, that I believe, it's my opinion, but I believe it that if, while this section is not about tithing, let me just say this. If you can put God first in your finances, I think, I, think, I think you can put him first in a lot of other areas of your life. I really do believe that because we play about a lot of things, but we don't play about our money, right? But if, if we can put him first in that, man, I think we can put him first in a lot of areas. So how do I put him first? Here, how can I do that? How can I give the first of things to God? Well, the first part is this. Give him the first of your year. It's, it's January 2020. Give him the first of this year. That's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting 
here at church. We, we do this because we're saying, God, before we do anything else this year, before we schedule an event, before we do any sort of small groups, before we do anything, we're going to give you 21 days of prayer and fasting. It belongs to you. And here's what I've come to believe over the years is that I, I can't do this without God. I can't, I need him. I'm desperate for him. I need him in my life. And you don't have to do the same thing as me during 21 days of prayer and fasting. You don't have to fast the way I do or anything like that. I'm just asking you to do what God asks you to do. You ask the Lord what he wants you to do. Um, there are resources available on our website, cityhopefamily.com. You can go read about prayer and fasting there. Some links on the, on the front homepage that you can click. It'll take you there. But what, what I'm asking you to do is, is to do what God wants you to do. That's what I want for you. Now, here's the deal. I want to give you four, four ways that you can fast really quick. I'm giving the, the first of your year four ways you can fast. One is called a complete fast. And that is where you do nothing but water or liquids like juice for 21 days. I did that uh, several years ago, and I shriveled down to a, a prune. <laughs> telling you, uh, I, would, I would suggest consulting a doctor first before you... Before you do that, because it really is serious, it's, uh, you, you're, you need to talk to a doctor. <laughs> what if? Uh, that's the complete fast. But, and, and in the fast, what you're doing, what, when you fast, all you're doing is you're telling your body, no, you're not going to be in control. My spirit man is going to be in control. My mind, will, and emotions aren't going to be in control. My spirit man. That God is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying no, you have to submit to the Spirit of God, right? So complete fast. Then the, the second kind of fast is a selective fast. This is where you, there are certain things you choose. You're not going to eat. You're not going to drink. Maybe it's, maybe it's 21 days of no soda, no, uh, or as we call it, Coke, right? Everything's Coke. Uh, but 21 days of no caffeine, 21 days of no sweets, or maybe it's a Daniel fast, 21 days of vegetables only where you don't eat meat um, or dairy or um, sugars, things like that. It's, it's a Daniel fast where it's selective. Or then the third kind of fast is a partial fast. And a partial fast is where you still eat everything, but not as much. Okay, so like maybe you do a sun up to a sun down. You don't eat while the sun's up. But then in the evening when the sun goes down, you, you have a meal together. But don't eat, as, don't eat three meals worth there, <laughs> right? Just, just, one, just one meal. <laughs> You're like stockpiling food, right? You don't want to do that. And so what, what Annalise and I are going to do is we're going to do a combination of the selective and partial. We're, we're going to, from sunup to sundown, do juice and water only. And then at sundown, we're going to do a Daniel fast. And so we're just telling our bodies no. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, at the end of 21 days, I feel the, better, the best I've ever felt in my life. Every year, I always feel incredible. Um, but you do what the Lord is asking you to do. You're not doing it for weight loss. You're not doing it for health reasons. You're doing it to tell your body to submit to God, okay? And then the fourth fast, the fourth kind of fast is what we call a soul fast. And this is one that I think in this day and age may be more difficult for people because it's about what enters your mind and your emotions. So it's social media. 
Um, and we were on vacation last week, and I deleted my social media apps because I know my tendencies is to pull my phone out and scroll. I deleted that. And did you know, like, I didn't miss a thing. I had to catch up on, I actually had to catch up on some world events that were happening. I had no idea they were going on because I, I wasn't on social media. And if you're sitting there thinking, man, I can't do 21 days without Instagram, maybe that's what you need to do. <laughs> right? So, so you, you, you find something, and it's got to be meaningful. It does need to be a little painful to you, right? Because if, if you don't eat breakfast, but you're going to fast breakfast every day, come on. That's not a fast. You, you, you don't do that, right? So choose something and do it. Just do something over these 21 days, and I'm telling you at the end of it, God's going to show up. He's, he's going to have done something incredible in your life during that time. So the second thing that we can kind of, the second way we can put God first is by giving him the first of our month. The first of our month. And this is really, uh, th- this is where you just schedule God into your calendar. Uh, I don't know how you do your calendar. Annalise likes to do a paper calendar. I like to have my phone and have, uh, I have Google and all that set up where I have my calendar's digital. If I add something here, it's on my computer, iPad, everywhere. I love that. But the, the first appointment on my calendar for every day, and if I've done this for a few years now, it just at 5.30 in the morning says, God time. That's it. God time. And sometimes it's a little before then. Sometimes it's after then. But God's on my calendar, literally on my calendar every day. And I think sometimes we, we need to schedule him into our calendar because we schedule things on our calendar that ends up scheduling God off of our schedules. We schedule things that schedules God out of our schedule. And we, we, we need to just sit down and give him the first of our month. Plan it out. God, I'm putting you on my calendar. This is a day I'm, I'm just going to go for a walk on my lunch break on this day. I, just put him on your calendar. Whatever the Lord speaks to you. Put God first in every area of the month. Put him first in your finances. I want to challenge you with that. I, I, I want to give you a challenge today. I've never done this before here, but for three months, if I challenge you, if you tithe for three months and you don't recognize God's blessings on your life at the end of that three months, we'll give you back every dime you've given. Re- refund it all because it's a hoax if, if it doesn't happen, right? But the reason I can stand up here and say that is because at the end of three months, you're going to go, crap, why didn't I do this before? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. It's the first thing that Annalise and I do every month. Actually, for us, it's automated. It's, we put God first at the first of our month. Automatically on the first day of the month, it comes out through online recurring giving. I call it automating the important. If I'm going to automate my house payment, if I'm going to automate my, my car payment or my, my electric bill or water bill, why not automate the most important thing in my life? And just put it on, put it on the calendar. It's there. It's, it's taken care of. So we honor God at the first. I'd encourage you to do that. The, the third thing is to give him the first of your week. And you've done that today. You're here at church the first of your week. Let's build some uphill habits, though. What, 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 what would it look like if you were here 52 Sundays of the year? I can tell you your life would be better. I can tell you your, your life would be different. You would, you would, there would be some changes that have happened a year from now if you were here every time the doors 
we're open. And I th- what I want to encourage you with is to create an uphill habit that says, I'm going to be at church every time I possibly can. Not for me, for you. Not, 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 not for the people I serve with, for you. It's, it's for you. It's for your family. Make a decision. Pre-decide there is nothing that can keep me out of the house of God. Unless you have the flu, then you stay home, right? <laughs> we don't want that. Don't, don't be spreading love around here like that. So, but, but make a decision. It, your life will be better if you pre-decide to make an uphill habit. I'm, I, every Sunday that I can, I'm going to be there. And then the fourth way that you can give the first of everything to God is, is to give him the first of your day. The first of your day. And, and what I'm talking about here is, is really breaking it down. When you wake up, what's the first words that come out of your mouth? What, what if you gave that to God? <laughs> what if you gave it to God? What if when you woke up, you said that this is the day God has made? I'm going to rejoice and be glad in this day. Holy Spirit, I give you my life today. Uh, use me for your kingdom. Use me for your purpose. God, I give you my life. Please help me with these things in my life. Just give him the first words of, of, of your mouth. Give him the first of your thoughts. Give him the first of your actions. Instead of checking your phone and email and, and text messages and messenger and uh, social media, put that to the side and, and break open your Bible. Give him the first of your actions. We do the one-year Bible. And if, if you don't know what that is, you can download the Bible app, and there are just tons of plans, but the one-year Bible. And in about 15 minutes, you can read, 15 minutes a day, you can read the Bible in an entire year. And, and, and that would be an uphill habit for some of you. If you don't like to read, well, uh, I just don't like to read. Well, it'll read to you. All right, remember, we're canning the excuses, right? So, well, I don't, I don't like to listen to it then. Well, well there's, there's another way. Somebody will read it to you, I'm sure, right? We, 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 let's can the excuses. Let's, let's give him the first of our day. And there's, there's, you, you can give him some time before you go to bed. You, you, can, you can read your Bible and pray and worship before you go to bed. You can do it on your lunch break, but I'm telling you there's something powerful when you do it the very first thing in the morning. When you give him the first of your day, what would happen if you gave him the first 15 minutes? What would happen? So uh, tomorrow, uh, today actually starts 21 days of prayer. Uh, uh, Sundays, uh, today's the first day of that, and we don't have a prayer meeting on Sundays because this is our prayer meeting, right? This, the church is the day of prayer on Sundays. Monday through Friday, we meet at 6 a.m., at Encounter Church uh, off of Kemp. If you just Googled um, Encounter Church, it'll take you right to there. Um, And then on Saturdays, we're going to be at 9 a.m. We're going to be at 4301 Cedar Elm. It's the old Grace Building, if you're familiar with that. It's a building that we're in discovery mode with, we're looking at, but with um, Encounter has some things that they can't do on Saturdays. So we're just going to move it there on Saturdays. 9 a.m. on Saturdays. When I said 6 a.m., some of you went, there goes that. I'm not getting up that early. Uphill habits, right? Uphill habits. We're, we're creating these uphill habits. And yeah, it's going to take some work. Yes, it's going to take some initiative. But I'm telling you, your life will change if you go all in. It'll change. And, and uh, 
if you don't know how to pray, maybe you're new to the Christian faith and I don't know how to talk to God, what do I do? Um, every day at 21 Days of Prayer, we have, uh, we have these books. Um, they're yours for free. You already paid for them when you give, so we don't charge you for them. They're yours, and you pick it up in the morning. And I use this. I use a lot of the prayers out of here in my everyday prayers. And, and it's a great tool for you, a great prayer guide for you to take your prayer life to the next level. And our prayer uh, time lasts one hour. It doesn't go on and on and on and on. It doesn't drag out. It's one hour, and it's very intentional. And you'll leave there thinking, I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait. I got to get back. So here's my promise to you. Um, if you'll put God first, if you'll put him first by giving him the first of everything, then number three, you can expect God to bless everything else. If you'll give him the first. When you give him the first, I don't know how he does it, but he supernaturally blesses it. I don't, like when you give him the first of your money, he multiplies the rest. I can live off of 90% that's blessed way better than I can 100% that's not blessed. When, when you give him the first of your time, he multiplies your time. You can accomplish more because you've, you've given it to him. When you give him the first of your day in prayer, he's going to speak to you. He's going to make things clear to you. And I love how the Proverbs says it. Proverbs chapter 3, the earlier part of this proverb says, um, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge God. Honor him with your wealth. Honor him with the first fruits of everything. Give him the first of your day, the first of your, your week, your month, your year. Give him the first of it. And when you do, your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, you're going to be blessed. You're going to have things that you didn't have before. I'm not, I'm not just talking about like stuff. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about joy. You're going to have love. You're going to have, you're going to have grace overflowing in your life when you do that. So Annalise and I, uh, we've, we've been doing 21 days of prayer for years. Uh, we, we did it at the church that we served at in Alabama and and if I'm honest with you, when we first started it, I did not want to do it. I didn't. Like, 6 a.m., come on. I'm not getting up that early. You know, I, I, got, I got to get my kids ready for school, which is true. I'm not knocking that, okay? I get it. Honest, honest to God, I get it. But, you know, I, I thought, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to get up that early. And, and I just made excuses. But about, I guess it was about five years ago, went all in. I said, okay. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to give it all I've got. I'm not going to miss a day. I'm, I'm going to do this. And the, the moment that I went all in is when I fell in love with it. And, and I'll, let me say it this way. Um, well, I'll get there in a minute. God, God placed a dream in our hearts about 11 years ago to start this church. We were living in Alabama and had been for years but we knew that one day we'd be starting this church. We didn't know when, but we knew it would happen. And for years, it seemed like a pipe dream. For years, it seemed like something that maybe it'll happen. I don't know. For, for years, it just seemed like a dream. That's really all it seemed like. And then last year, or actually in 2018, we moved to Wichita Falls. 
June of 2018. We started 21 days of prayer in August of 2018. And we met in my little, our little 1,700 square foot apartment or house. And it was just people from Alabama. We'd had two families and a grandmother had moved from Alabama with us to start City Hope to help us. And it was just the, just us that would meet weekday morning, 6 a.m. While my kids are sleeping in the other room, we're in there praying. It was a small beginning. But the Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings. Now, last year, January of 2019, we did 21 days of prayer at Encounter Church. We did 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it was about seven or ten people who would show up every weekday morning for prayer. We were praying about that dream that God had put in our hearts, that dream to plant this church. Just praying. And I was hoping, God, let somebody show up on day one. Just let somebody come on day one. And we committed. 21 days. We ended it. Um, on, on the 26th, I think it was last year, and I went straight to the Pancake Festival. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Doing that again this year. Tradition. Now, but on January 27th, that dream became a reality. We're almost a year old as a church, and everything that I dreamed of happened. Everything I wanted to happen, it happened. And when I'm in town, sometimes I'll run into people from other churches and, and we'll get to talking about the church and they'll say, man, you guys are really growing over there, aren't you? It's all that good marketing you do. Man, you guys are really growing over there. It's, y'all have had a lot of transfer growth, I know. And you guys are really growing over there. It's, it's that outreach, man. Y'all are just reaching people. Y'all are, y'all are reaching people. But you know what? Um, it's not any of that. I'm convinced. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm convinced because we gave him first, the first of everything. We said, God, we're, we're going to give it all to you. It's yours. We gave him the first, and I'm telling you, I can't do without it. I need it in my life. And if I'm the only one who's there tomorrow morning, I'll be there. But I think we probably won't have enough room to have everybody. That's my prayer. In August, we had sometimes over 50 people who would show up for prayer at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's an uphill habit, but I'm telling you, it's one that'll change your life. It's one that'll change your life. And I want it to change yours. I want it to change mine. Amen? Let's go all in. Let's go all in, church. Give us a year to see what God will do in your life. Give him a year to see what he'll do. Hey, would you bow your heads with me? God, today we're just declaring right now. 21 days of prayer and fasting begins right now. Lord, it's right now. We need you more than we need anything. We need your grace. We need your power. We need your truth. We can't live this life without you. It's it, what you've called us to do. It's big. It's challenging, but Lord, it's doable. 
You've given us the power. You've given us the ability to do it. And so, Lord, we, we just rely on you. And we say we can't do what you've called us to do without your power, without your presence, without your truth, without your grace in our lives. And we're kicking off this time right now, and we're asking, God, that you would be with every person as they fast, as they give up something, as they give up food or give up social media or television or whatever it is, whatever they choose to give up, whatever you speak to them, Lord, I'm asking you to strengthen them in this fast, that whatever you call them to do, it won't be something that's just a a check. A, a, a checklist item, a, a box to be checked, but it would be something that draws them closer to you than they've ever been before. And Lord, you have first place in our lives. We're giving you first place and we're asking you to do something miraculous. Do something miraculous. God, do what only you can do this year in our lives, in our families, in our church. Would you do something powerful? And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know that God is not first place in your life. You know he's not, he, he's on your list, but he's not at the top of your list. He's, he's in your life, but he's not the Lord of your life. You need to reorder today. You need to make him the priority. You need to make him number one, first place in your life. And if you're here today and you're ready to make that decision, to make him the Lord, to make him the savior of your life, on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand with boldness. It's a new year, a new decade. Come on, let's, let's, let's be changed in Jesus' name. If that's you, one, two, three. Just shoot up your hand right where you are. God bless you. God bless you. Keep them up. My goodness. Thank you, thank you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Uphill habits, y'all. Uphill habits. Come on, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. You're not just part of my life. You're everything. You're first. You're most important. I repent of my sin. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Make me new. From this day forward, I will serve you and live for you the best I know how. Help me to create uphill habits that draw me closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.